Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. I'm joined us on the show today. The very special guest it is the one and only Dimitri, the Jersey trainer out of New Jersey. Dimitri, what is going on, man? Happy Tuesday. How are you feeling? All right. All right, JJ. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And uh, we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with this, the Jersey trainer. But first, let's take a step back and give the viewers some perspective. So if you can, in your own words, Dimitri, how would you describe the Jersey trainer and what you guys do? Um, we're, we're a studio right now in, uh, in, uh, in central Jersey is one location and, uh, we just do a, it's a hybrid type thing. So we do a lot of strength training, uh, cardio conditioning for, for athletes and, and regular people too. And then, uh, also do, um, stretch therapy, like assisted stretching, which, uh, you know, we've all learned when we got certified to do stretching at the end kind of thing. But, um, the benefits of that, that's something that I've really started, uh, pushing in, in my, in my place. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And, um, you know, let's start with the bare bones basics here, Dimitri, you know, um, how many members are you serving currently? So the, the gym that I'm at is I, I have a, another partner and so him and I have our own people. And so, uh, he has somewhere like in the 15 range and, uh, I'm somewhere in the 25 to 30 range. It, it kind of, you know, fluctuates like in the summer for me is usually the busiest time. And uh, like, you know, the kids are home from school. So I'm getting lots of those in the summer. So that's when it's like 25. Sometimes it goes past that. But like right now, I'm uh, closer to like 22, 21 people right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for you, Dimitri, or just in general for the Jersey trainer, I mean, what's been the best method of getting new people through your doors? Um, word of mouth. I mean, that's usually the, the big one, but, um, I try to like, you know, you should always have business cards with you. I try to, um, interact with, you know, the town that you live in, you know, you go into the coffee shop, you go, you walk into places. I, I've been pretty good at starting conversations and just bringing up, you know, organically, you know, where do you, where do you yeah. work out? You know? And then it's very easy to just, you know, cause they usually ask, well, what do you do? What, you know? And then it's very easy to say like, well, I have a, I have a gym and I do personal training and I never say anything because people don't like pushiness. I don't like salespeople, you know? So I, I usually bring it up, you know, we, we do one-on-one very private, you know, stop in one day and that, that tends to work. You know, you give somebody a card, they may never use it, you know, but sometimes they do and they come in and uh, I, I think that's important. You know, obviously social media is, is a big thing. Um, yeah. I, I've actually not, have not been a big proponent of social media. Like that's something I've been trying to work on, like enjoying doing it. I don't really like doing yeah. it, um, but that's something that I'm uh, trying to work on more recently. Yeah. And I mean, Hey, I'll be the first person to say this to me, I mean, look, you're a fitness professional, not a marketing professional. So I think it's kind of okay that you, you're not interested in doing that type of, of, of you know, activity, marketing, whatever you want to say. But I think that's, 
because it's not what you started the business for. Not to say that you can't be versed in it or you can't learn it. Of course. I think everybody kind of eventually has to become either a marketing pro or even somewhat of a sales pro in a way, right? Because you have to be able to sell your server. So like whether you do it reluctantly or you do it because you realize it, I mean, it, it's, you kind of need to, you're a business owner at the same time. And so um, I think it's totally okay, man. You know, at least, you know, and understand that you're going in that direction and you're improving on that and you have versatility. It's not like you said, you limited yourself just to word of mouth. You have the versatility of social media and whatnot. It's just sure. about getting as good as you are a fitness pro to being as good as you are as a marketing pro. Sure. I think, um, and you know what? I think it's also a skill. Ahead. You know how like it is with skills. Sometimes yeah. you, you you find you're not great at it. So you tend to avoid it. It's like, I don't really want to yeah. do it. But mm -hmm. that's the thing is, you know, we shouldn't stray away from things that we're not great at or afraid to fail at because that's what you're supposed to be doing, especially as a business owner. So yeah. that's something that I acknowledge, you know, I'm not great. I, I don't enjoy it, but it's like, that doesn't mean I can't be good at it and I can't learn to enjoy it. So I'm working on that. Exactly. Now. Exactly. I appreciate the transparency there, Dimitri. And, uh, you know, I like to ask this question because I think especially for you being more of a studio and whatnot here, um, I think it's always different for a traditional gym, a boxing gym, studios. And so for you, with the amount of members or clients you have currently, I mean, how are you able to to track and manage these metrics on where they are, how long they've been with you. How do you go about tracking those things? I'm old school. I got my, I got my book. I, I like a physical book. I like physical pages. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the more I talk to other trainers that I, I do feel like I'm, I'm old, like I'm in my forties. So uh, I talked to a Come lot on. of young, young people in their twenties and thirties and they're all on their phones. And um that's something I don't think I'm ever going to transition to. Like I enjoy having the physical book that I can lay out in front of me and uh, you know, and I make lots of little notes and I like being able to keep that book when a year later passes, you keep it, you can look back and you could review and just see the, you know, the difference. I, I like having that. And I keep track yeah. of everything that way. I have like a page where when someone begins with me i write down the date just to have it to track it and then you know a year goes by and you're like hey it's been a year you know you've been with me for a year yeah. two years or whatever um i like keeping track of stuff like that so for me it's it's a book yeah it's a method of the madness i'll tell you as long as you're tracking it and as long as you're not completely oblivious i mean like we're fitness pros right we track our how much we weigh our macros how much you know weight is on the bar and sometimes we lose sight of our, of our metrics and then i think that's one of the most important things and I don't think there's a, a booklet with how you should be doing your metrics. I mean, if, you, I, if you're tracking yeah. and you're doing it, I think you're not neglecting it. And that's, that's important. And so, yeah. go ahead, Dimitri. I, don't know if you I, I was that. also going to add, I, I think that's like another skill that's important for us as personal trainers. Because um, you don't realize it when you're, let's say, in the beginning when you're working at a gym, right? Yeah. The gym feeds you clients. They just, they come into the gym, they sign up and they're basically on your roster, right? It's a, it's a skill of the whole keeping track of clients. You know, you saw them on Monday and then maybe mm -hmm. touching base with them and saying, all right, I'll see you on Thursday. And sometimes people have different have lives, right? They're doing yeah. stuff. They can't show up on Thursday. So it's on you to say like, all right, here's my next day that I can get you in, you know? And I think that's something that I, I, I noticed that a lot of trainers should be working on instead of saying something like, all right, well, I'll catch you next week. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, but when you put them in, you get them in, it shows that you care. And uh, that's something that I think is good for keeping clients, you know, staying with you. Agreed. Agreed. I think you hit it right on the head, Dimitri. I think that's great. And I appreciate you sharing that for the viewers here. I think that's a big takeaway from today. And uh, I want to throw a longer-winded question here, Dimitri, but correlated with everything we spoke about to kind of bring everything together. 
and it's in in, in the court conjunction with improvement. Okay, so uh, if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know because it is a little a bit of a longer question, but bear with me on the explanation here. So what we've been discussing and what we use most prominently in the fitness and gym world are three pillars of business. That's going to be number one, your lead generation, right? Getting people through the door. Number two, your acquisition, which is just your sales, right? Getting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then number three, it's your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Dimitri, where do you feel like you could improve the most? So the, the leads was the first one. The second one was, what was that? That was acquisition? Acqui- sales. Yeah, sales, sales and then retention and ascension. Um. Just writing it down for myself. Now. Yeah, sure. Um, I would say for me, the, the, the thing that I would need to work on more would be uh, leads. I, I find that, like, let's go into the third one, retention. Like, once people are in, they're comfortable, they feel safe, they see results, they, they like the atmosphere of what we're showing them. They, they tend to stay. I don't usually have an issue with that. Although, like, you know, like, as a, as a professional in the field, you kind of have an idea of who is going to be a long-term and who is just probably just yeah. trying to make a change, but they're not, they're not ready, you know. Um, you usually know when they walk through the door. <laughs> Um, but for me, I would say is, is leads. That's, that's usually the one, you know, where, where we live, it's a, it's a pretty affluent area. There's lots of competition. There's lots of studios. There's lots of yoga places. There's, uh, uh, like boot camp type places, tons, tons, you know, all different types of franchises, uh, big box gyms, you know, all, all those. Yeah. So, um, trying to stick out with a niche or, or it, it's not easy because you're just, you feel like you're competing with everybody. Although there's plenty of people like that's something I've learned also is to not get into the mindset of the, the lone wolf of like, it's me against everybody. You know, I need to get this, you know, because someone's trying to get it for me. Um, I feel like if you have a good product and you really care about people, it'll just build on, on its own. Yeah, you know, uh, I agree. I agree. I think you, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I wanted to say, like, if you can build that community where people can talk well about you and, and then bring other people to that, it's going to compound. It's going to compound and you're going to grow, grow inevitably. And so I think you hit it right on the head too, Dimitri. I think it's, it's if you're good at fulfillment, it brings more people. Yeah. And so I've got two more questions for you, Dimitri, my two favorite questions. What is the bigger picture for the Jersey trainer? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? Long-term? I guess it would have to be a, let me think for a second. How would I frame it? Uh, The long-term goal would be to have a bigger, bigger place. You know, it's not a, what we have now is about 1500 square feet. It's not a, it's not a big place, but between me and the other trainer, it's, we never get in each other's way Um, to have a slightly bigger place that uh, we could uh, not just expand on what we do with our clients, but also bring in other, other trainers, you know, to have other tenants paying the rent. Um, I think that's like an, so here's the thing when I, there's another thing, like I'm a big business person. I love talking numbers, you know, and I love talking to other people, not just in my business. And I find a lot of times people focus only on the, the profit, right? The end, what, what's coming in, how much, right? And it's like, they never really take into, uh, 
into account all the expenses and the overheads. And it's like, yeah. it doesn't matter if something is bringing in, let's say six figures. It's like, if you're paying out, uh, you know, 75% of that, there's not that much left over, right? Exactly. Exactly. I, and I think that's something to, to take in. You got to really think about like what the rent is going to be costing you every month. It is due whether you have a slow or just a, you know, okay month. Yeah. And I think having uh, where your money is pa money, where your product is passively making you money. So, so, you know, I, uh, another, another trainer is just paying rent. Like that's kind of where I would like to go, uh, yeah. you know, sooner than later. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the margin is important. If you don't know your margins, you don't know your business, you know, and yeah. that's so true. I think that's so important to me, Chain. I think uh, that was a mic drop of an answer, but I'll tell you what, yeah. I got one more question for you, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, if you could go back in time here, Dimitri, to when you first started your gym and sit yourself down and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? Hmm. Well, I, I, I got a couple things. Um, the first thing that comes to me is um, like, don't worry. And I'm sure a lot of people say that, right? That's once you've been in the business long enough, you realize, you know, you, you, you find the flow. And you're able to move. But in the beginning, you were worried about, you know, can I make it? Can I, where's this going to go? And uh, I would tell myself that it's going to be okay. You will always figure it out, you know, as long as you are driven and willing to problem solve um, instead of blaming other things like, oh, the problem, the reason for this is because that happened. But the reality is if you are willing to problem solve, you can get yourself out of almost anything, right? Um, the other advice I would give myself is to be more open to networking with other people in the same field. I feel like that's, that's there's, a, there's like a, I don't wanna say a culture, but like in, in when you have a private business, uh, I've used the word, the term before, but like a lone wolf, you're, you feel like you're on your own and everybody's in competition with you. And uh, even though that's kind of true, I found that this year that like I started like networking with other trainers, other gyms, um, and I find that when you're doing that and pumping them up in some way, it comes back. And then like a little network starts to, starts to form and everyone's yeah. just propping each other up. You know, I think, I think that's important and people don't really uh, don't stray away from that. Cause they, they feel like I got to just worry about myself and screw everybody else. Dimitri, that was a mic drop of an answer. It's such a good place to wrap things up with this episode. But before we sign out, please, if you have any social media, Facebook website, let the people know where can they find out more about you and the facility? Uh, sure. Uh, the website is uh, thejerseytrainer.com. And uh, we have an Instagram and Facebook, and it's the same thing, the Jersey Trainer. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out of here, okay? Sounds good. Thank you. Let's do it. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, 
Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Jordan from Anytime Fitness in Chilliwack, British Columbia. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being on here. Super excited to have you here, Jordan, and to learn more about your club. Before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty of what we do, give me a little bit of background. How did you get started like in the business of being a gym owner? So I've been, I've been in the fitness industry just as somebody who exercised for about 15 years. I come from a background in metal fabrication. I was a ticketed no right. Um, I saw myself leaving that industry just because of like some of the uh, hazardous environments I was putting myself in. I wanted to be somewhere that uh, would be supporting my health and fitness a little bit more. So I transitioned into a role as a salesperson at a gym. I eventually uh, was promoted to a manager. I was managing the club for a number of years. And then an opportunity during COVID came up purchased the club. Uh, it was just over a year ago, so I was able to purchase the club. And uh, the transition from manager to owner was quite simple. There's a little bit more back-end stuff that I was doing financially, um, but the day-to-day, it honestly, was quite an easy transition. And it, some, of the, some of the challenges I faced as a manager were actually alleviated by becoming the owner because I had a little bit more uh, power to do what I wanted and to serve the customers a little bit more efficiently without having to check in with uh, the existing owner. Yeah, so you went from manager to owner of the club. Now, for our listeners who might not be familiar with the Anytime Fitness franchise and what you all do over there, give us the best elevator pitch uh, of your club, who you guys are, what what services you provide, paint a picture for our listener. Anytime Fitness is a franchise gym. Uh, we offer 24-7 access uh, with reciprocal access to all of our clubs. So when you sign up at Anytime Fitness, you're going to get an electronic key fob, which is going to give you 24-hour access to not only your home club, but every club worldwide. So whether you're in Chilliwack, BC, or you're in Toronto, Canada, or you're in London, on, and uh, sorry, in the UK, uh, you can use your key fob and go into a club at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. And within the uh, context of the franchise, uh, we have pretty strict um, guidelines and uh, requirements for how the franchises have to operate, how the inside of the club has to be. And so, you know, when you sign up at an Anytime Fitness, your experience is going to be grade A everywhere you go. So whether you're, again, in Chilliwack or you're in Tokyo, you can expect to see your life fitness, your hammer strength machines. The layout of the gym is going to be somewhat similar. You're going to have the same experience coming in and you're going to have a really comfortable time. So you don't have that same anxiety uh, as you would maybe have if you're walking into a new gym for the first time, whether you're visiting another community and you're just looking for a rec center or a chain gym to kind of pay drop in. Uh, with Anytime Fitness, you can go to any club worldwide. Uh, for myself, I've been to areas where maybe they don't have an Anytime Fitness and a single drop in at a gym in another city could be anywhere from like 10, 15, $20. I was in Venice Beach, I went to Gold's Gym, it's like $40. So having access to an Anytime Fitness with your key fob is a really nice perk of the franchise. Uh, for people that are looking for a business um, to invest in, it's really easy to get started. Uh, the franchise team is really great at like making that process really easy for you as an owner. They have a, um, an Anytime Academy that you can run through online right on your computer. Uh, programs that will teach you how to be an owner, how to run the software that's included with the franchise package. And it's just a lot of sales things. So like, even if you're not, even if you're new to a gym, um, they have everything available to you 
uh, in lay terms so that you can become a gym owner in a relatively short period of time and you know be running a successful gym within you know a matter of months and years amazing okay so a big part of the anytime fitness model is obviously the open gym access people can come in utilize the equipment do you know whatever their program looks like but on top of that um you guys also offer personal training at most franchises and some franchises offer group training as well do you guys do any group training personal training at all so yeah the, the idea behind anytime fitness is we have the three c's so uh, coach connect care uh, so it's really important, especially when somebody comes to the gym for the first time that we try to connect them with a coach. Again, it's showing them that we care. We want to get invested in their fitness outcome. Uh, if you just let somebody out onto the gym floor, oftentimes if they're unguided, they're going to walk around the gym a couple of times, maybe they'll mosey over and they'll end up on a treadmill and they'll just do a little bit of cardio and then they'll walk out. And if after a few workouts, they're not really seeing any meaningful results, they're not really learning anything new, they're not being challenged, they often fall off. We don't really get to see them again. So one of the big things we do is we try to connect every new member with one of our coaches and get them to do a free fitness consultation. So that's anywhere from 45 to 60 minutes with the trainer. Uh, we'll discuss their goals. We'll take them out on the floor. We'll show them maybe a couple new exercises they've never done before. And then we'll try to get them into a training package anywhere from like maybe one time to three times a week. Uh, we also do like uh, session packages where they can purchase six or 12 sessions and just kind of get their feet wet with training. And then we often try to transition them into an agreement. Uh, it's really important for like the accountability and for uh, their long-term success to spend that time with the trainer building uh, healthy habits. Um, generally, most of our training is one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, we do try to do the small group training, but um, it's often difficult to kind of get everyone's schedules and timing to work together. Um, so we generally see that being like one or two people working together, sometimes three or four. Uh, right now I'm running a boot camp on Wednesday mornings. We'll have anywhere from like two to six women or sometimes men involved. And uh, I run them through different stations and gives people an opportunity to experience uh, personal training without that, ex that higher cost of like one-on-one -on -one training. So often with those classes too, people learn the value of the personal training and then they'll come back to us and be like, Hey, you know what? I really enjoyed that class today, but I'd really like to have 60 minutes of your like undivided attention. And we'll see those people transition into a one-on-one -on -one personal training program. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, personal training, it sounds like you guys have a pretty good system set up with the fact that new members get put in through this consultation. And then that's like a really good time for sales, right? We can sell them into a personal training, sell them on, you know, how we're going to help them achieve whatever goal that they might have. Um, if you had to take a look at the, the revenue of the gym, what percentage of your revenue would you say is coming from the personal training side of things? Um, you know, it's a little lower than we'd like to see. It's anywhere from like five to 10% right now. Uh, we would like to see that closer to 20 or 30% eventually. Um, again, we, we talked a little bit about this before the podcast began, but there's a high attrition rate with personal training, uh, whereas with regular memberships, because people have a lower threshold of entry, like they're not paying as much every month, I'm a lot more likely to let time go by where they maybe take breaks from their training and they come back and like, you'll see people come really consistently for a couple of months, maybe take a few months, months off and come back. Where with personal training, people are spending anywhere from, you know, uh, $300 to $1,000 a month on training. They're not going to walk away from that for a month or two and come back. They're just going to cancel it. So we definitely have a higher attrition rate of personal training. Um, the cost is real. And, you know, if people fall on hard times, they're much more likely to cancel their personal training than they are maybe a $50 or $60 a month gym membership. Um, so we do definitely struggle to see, keep that revenue up where the gym memberships are often seen as a more consistent income source for the gym. 
Yeah, I definitely understand that. Um, most people come into a facility like this expecting to, you know, have like that $40, $50 a month gym membership. Um, and so keeping them in a higher ticket package, such as personal training, can be difficult in some ways that, like, for you guys, in what way do you plan on alleviating that and increasing the PT revenue? Like, what are you going to do to kind of fix that uh, hole in the bucket? So a lot of it is education, right? So for our trainers, uh, it's educating our trainers about some of those positive side effects and benefits of being on being with a personal trainer. Like I seen a really funny TikTok the other day and uh, the guy just kind of discussed like, oh, you know, one of the problems with personal training is you're going to have to get a new wardrobe because all your clothes are going to be falling off. And you're, you know, all these guys and all these girls are going to be asking you on dates all the time. And, you know, you know you're going to save all this money because you're not going to be eating at unhealthy restaurants and you're not going to be drinking all this alcohol. So you're going to have all this extra money and you won't know what to do with it. Um, but often if the trainers are doing their... Um, our cues correctly, uh, like their initial interview correctly, and they're able to identify areas in the client's life and their lifestyle where they're wasting money uh, in ways that is actually detrimental to their health. So whether that's like smoking or drinking, snacking on foods they maybe shouldn't be eating that aren't going to support their fitness goals, uh, we can look at ways to help them reduce those costs and those lifestyle expenses. And often those things can carry over and free up money that they can spend on those personal training sessions. So um, that's one thing, but also under them understanding like the value of that personal training, right? So if somebody comes in the gym and they spend six months or a year on their own and they're not really seeing any improvement, they're wasting time and money because they're coming to the gym, but they're not really seeing the results they want to see. So, you know, you might spend a couple thousand dollars in the course of a few months on your personal training, but you're going to see real world results. So in the end, you know, I try to fix personal training almost like an education. So you might spend a few thousand dollars on a semester at school on one course, and you walk away with maybe your degree or a couple credits. But if you spend, say, three or six months with a personal trainer, and they're a good personal trainer, which we consider most of our trainers to be pretty good, um, you're going to learn uh, you know, exercise techniques. You're going to learn how to diagnose your own lifts and how to build a workout program so that you can carry that information the rest of your life and you maybe share it with people that are close to you in your own life and bring your friends in and share that education with them. Yeah. Typically, like for me, the way that I see it and the way that I like to get people into personal training is most people are joining the, the gym for a reason. They want to see some sort of result. Um, and so if we can show them how to achieve that result, um, they're going to be happy. They're going to stick around. They're going to tell their friends. And it's, again, that full circle kind of thing. Um, so personal training is a perfect way for us to give our clients a direct approach to help them reach their, their goals. Um, you know, another idea here is that that's helpful is like having a constant flow of new leads coming in the front door that we can feed into personal training programs. So I guess that kind of leads me to my next question is, what are you guys doing to get new people in the front door of the facility? So I think one of our strengths as a club is our social media. We do a pretty good job running our Instagram as well as our Facebook page. So we have about 3,000 followers on our Instagram. We try to make at least one or two posts every day. Uh, we encourage our members to tag us in all their stories so we can reshare them. So we're sharing anywhere from five to 10 stories a day, which kind of highlights the members and the kinds of people people can expect to see in the gym. Uh, we would like to geotag. So... Uh, we'll tag our location so that people within the city will see those stories. Uh, they'll see those reels on their Instagram and on their social media. Um, so they get an idea of like, okay, there's stuff happening here at any time. Maybe that's a place I need to go and check out. So having a social media presence is really important. 
Uh, right now we're spending anywhere from one to $2,000 a month on social media advertising. So people are going to see our ads when they're surfing uh, Facebook marketplace, when they're in Facebook messenger, when they're on their feeds on Instagram and in their stories. So they see quite a bit of our content. Uh, we try not to saturate with too much of the same things. So we'll do stuff, you know, four or five different posts. We're seeing different imagery. Um, the nice thing with social media marketing too is I can post a picture of like one of our members. We just had a member turn 80 years old and you know, he's just, he's absolutely inspirational for me. Like as somebody who's getting older, it's like, you think if you get to a certain age, oh, I'm not gonna be able to do this anymore. And to see a member in our club who's 80 years old and still bicep curling 60 pounds, he's chest pressing 50 pound dumbbells and leg pressing four plates on the leg press. It's like, this guy's incredible. So I asked him if I could take some photos and then I can create an advertising campaign marketing towards 40 plus year old men in Chilliwack. So I don't have to worry about marketing that towards maybe young women. It's very pointed and it's very directed at older men. So typically what we see when we start an ad campaign like that is we see a little bit, little bit more older men coming in, a little bit more prospects coming in from that demographic. Whereas then I'll post a photo of a young woman, maybe she's using like our hip thrust glute training machine. And I'll, I'll point that towards 18 to 35 year old females. So again, we're not spending ad campaign money on marketing a machine or an exercise towards people who wouldn't be interested in doing that. So that's one of the cool flexibilities with social media. Um, and then the last thing that we do um, is we do, we do a little bit of uh, traditional media. So we had a, an electronic billboard that we ran on one of the main streets. And in December, we're gonna be running a printed billboard for about a year. So every three months, we're gonna be able to put up a new image and we'll be able to advertise some of our promotions. Uh, one of the big promotions that we do is a franchise is a $1 sale in January. So that drives a lot of new members into the club early in the new year. Okay. So, mm -hmm. uh, so with the $1 sale, is that like $1 for the month or like, how does that work? So typically like we like to charge an enrollment fee. Uh, obviously for us, it's revenue. Um, and then we charge an, uh, a fee for this, the key fob as well. Um, but what I found was when I first took over, we were being really flexible with that $1 enrollment. And when people have this really low barrier to entry, we found often people would pay their dollar and then we'd never see them again. There was no buy-in, right? There was no investment in their fitness. So, you know, obviously we take those funds and we can put them towards our business. But what we're seeing now is our attrition rate is falling quite rapidly because when people are paying in and they're paying that, you know, $100 to start, they're much more likely to value that membership. When they hold that key fob, they know that they spent something on it and they've invested some of their hard-earned money into their fitness. So moving forward, um, they're going to value that more. So when we do a sale in January too, people knowing that we charge that fee, it's a real sale. It's not like, oh, that's just a gimmick. But it's like, no, we're actually, we want to encourage people with those New Year's resolutions to come in and get started and we're going to give them a bit of a break on that price. So it's a real sale too, right? So a lot of people, they promote the $1 sale, but really they run the $1 sale all year. So it's not really anything special. Uh, where like, you know, certain brands, whether it's like Reebok or Lululemon, they don't do sales, right? So when they finally do a sale, it's like, okay, I got to get off. I got to get over there. I got to do this. So we're hoping that there's a lot of people maybe on the fence right now who are waiting for a sale. And we anticipate quite a bit of new signups in the new year. I like your perspective on that. In my opinion, I, we should never devalue our service or devalue our service as little as possible. Um, just because like if we're we're saying, hey, it's zero dollars to enter or a dollar to enter, like those people are typically going to be the, the type of people that are looking for a deal. Um, mm. And so the more frequently that, we do that, the more frequently, frequently we devalue our service, 
um, the lower quality of like leads and members that we're going to have. So I really appreciate your perspective there. Now, if you had to look at your business right now, Jordan, what would you consider to be the biggest business related bottleneck for you guys? Like what's that one thing that kind of keeps you awake at night? You're still trying to figure it out. And what are you going to do to work on overcoming that? I would still say it's probably lead generation. Um, we don't get as many leads in as we'd like to. So for dollars spent on advertising, we're not seeing really like that flood of people coming in that we can call. Um, so we'll run ad campaigns and maybe we'll get like two or three leads a day if we're lucky. Um, it would be nice to reach more people. So in this digital age too, like I think with social media, people have been so saturated by advertising where when you go through your Facebook feed now, every second item on your story or on your feed is, a, is an advertisement for something. So I think people, they, they mentally blocked it out. So when we spend those dollars on ad campaigns, people just click on buy, like they don't really see it. So um, what we're trying to do now is like, I started a training page where we're creating reels using our members' workouts. We're trying to encourage our training staff as well to create those. So we're trying to create more informative content. So what I'm seeing is like, we're getting followers that aren't even from Chilliwack because they're, they're profiting from learning information from our trainer. So if we put out really good quality content, people are learning our exercises and how to use our machines. And with reels, you know, you can reach a lot of people without having to pay for advertising because, you know, Instagram is trying to keep up with TikTok and TikTok is trying to keep up with Twitter and everybody's trying to keep up. So if you find the right um, media, uh, often those social media pages will push that content. So that's something we're working on right now, trying to get into those reels. Um, Cause you know, you can get anywhere from a thousand to 10,000 views on the right reel. If you're able to get really good content that people find informative and useful. And um, once that media does go viral, um, the way the algorithms work is people in your local area are generally going to see it more. So if people are scrolling their reels and they're seeing people working out and doing cool looking exercises and they're seeing attractive people that are in good shape using our club, it's, you know, it's very suggestive that if they were, they were to come down here, they could use those machines, they could learn those exercises. Maybe one day they could look like one of my personal trainers. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, you're really looking to, you know, well, first of all, to kind of step back. 95% of the people that I talk to, that's kind of the same thing, the same bottleneck that people have, um, especially post-pandemic. We're just living in a different world. But you're kind of working to alleviate that by continuing the push on social media, having a very interesting, organic approach on top of your ads, um, drawing people into um, the facility. And I just want to say props to you because in 2022, there's no better way to get faces into our gym than utilizing social media. Everybody's spending way too much time on social media. We found you on social media. So yeah. Yeah. It, it's the way to go. Um, ideally, you could have a magic wand. All your dreams, all your goals for the business came true. What would that picture look like for you? Like what ideally would you want the club to look like if there's absolutely no limitations? Yeah, like, you know, in an ideal world, you have 10,000 members, but given our floor space, you know, I want people to have a positive experience when they come in. I don't want people to be waiting in lines. Right. Um, you know, I think we could accommodate anywhere from 14 to 1500 members com comfortably in our space. Um, so right now we're sitting at 1100. So I'd like to see, you know, three, 400 more members in the gym. And I'd like to see anywhere from two or three full-time personal trainers. So I've come from other gyms where they have too much personal training and you're trying to work out and the trainers are kind of climbing all over the benches and taking all the weights and they're putting their clipboard on the machines and like 
uh, personal training can be a little bit um, obtuse and, and a little bit irritating for the regular members. So you kind of have to balance that member base with how much personal training you have, unless you may, maybe have the ability to have a studio. Uh, that leads me to the next thing where uh, I'd like to expand into one of our adjacent units here. Um, there is a pharmacy directly beside our gym. Uh, it's about 1200 square feet and it was for sale recently and they took it off the market. It didn't sell. Um, so I could see myself in the next, you know, one or two years trying to acquire that piece of real estate and maybe creating like more of a studio space. Uh, we do have a carpeted turf area in our gym, but we don't have a dedicated personal training space. So it'd be really nice to have an area where trainers can take clients and it's, it's not specifically and only for trainers, but generally um, if you're, if you're in the gym during office hours, it's kind of known that, Hey, that's where the trainers will be. Uh, it's going to be a little more quiet. Uh, maybe they won't have music playing in there. So the trainers can speak to their clients. They can run classes. They can, they can maybe do yoga in the evenings and have stuff like that going on in there. So you know, in the future, it would be nice to have, you know, 1500 members, have that studio space, and have a really um, vibrant and profitable personal training program. Yeah. What do you feel like it's really important for you to focus on right now as the business owner to take you to that position to make it a reality rather than just a dream situation? So yeah, right now, um, it's, a lot of it is just working with the trainers. Uh, I'm trying to encourage them to create more of their own social media. Um, they'll often kind of comb over our prospect list. They'll, they'll, they'll message all the new members who've signed up in the last 90 days. And it's really difficult because a lot of the people don't want training. They just want to come in and use the gym. Um, so you're kind of beating a dead horse. So I try to encourage them to create media and to try to reach people in the community with, the, with their knowledge and with what they're doing, especially if they're able to show their progress and kind of where they've come from and where they are now and encourage other young people, whether they're young or old, uh, to get in good shape. So for somebody like myself, I'm in my late thirties, I'm turning 40 in a couple of years. Uh, and a lot of guys my age look up to me and they're like, how do you stay in such good shape? How do you have a family? And like, you know, I just did a bodybuilding competition last week. So for a lot of people that's like, wow, how do you do all that? Um, and I just say, hey man, if you can cut out 45 minutes, you know, three or four times a week, you can do this. You know, we're gonna clean up your diet. We're gonna stop drinking calories and get eight hours of sleep every night. And we're gonna get you on a traditional strength training program. And, you know, within, you know, three, six, 12 months, you know, you're going to see incremental improvements and in a couple of years from now, you won't believe how far you've come. Um, so it's, it's just kind of educating people. And again, it's using social media to leverage that information. Um, uh, I also did start, I recently hired a girl. Um, she actually came from the Ukraine. She's a refugee and she spent six years working on a, at a gym in Poland. So um, she's currently taking some English classes. Her English is okay, but she definitely needs to improve her English before um, she could be in a staff role. So right now she's just helping with some of the cleaning around the club. And I'm hoping to kind of transition her into like more of like a personal training manager role where she would be responsible for prospecting members, booking clients for the existing training staff. And then maybe at some point in time, uh, we have her as a more of a manager. So it's again, it's identifying people with those strengths and hiring maybe the right person to run a personal training program and manage the personal training. So that's something I see happening early in the next year. Um, having somebody dedicated that's their full-time or their part-time job is to just book and build our personal training program. That's huge. Um, with our facility and we're CrossFit, so vastly different from you, but we have a heavy amount of leads coming into our facility every week. And so we have a front desk person who that is their main goal is to get those leads on the calendar for a consultation for personal training or for a group class or whatever it is. And I'll tell you what, that makes the biggest difference in the world. Like it increases our personal training revenue. We get people in the program that we know that they need to be in. Um, it's huge. So I'm, I would be excited to see um, what impact that could make on your club. 
Um, finally, what word of advice would you give somebody who is new to the industry? Maybe they just, just purchased their own franchise. What would you share, uh, share with them? So I have a lot of experience. I spent quite a few years on social media. Um, I've tried to build myself up as a, something of an influencer. Um, I, I ran a little bit of a clothing company for a number of years. Um, I ran a couple just general fitness kind of in, inspiration Instagram. So I've, I've kind of learned how people like to see social media, what they interact well with, what, what looks good. So I have a pretty good eye for what's aesthetically pleasing. Again, like you mentioned, you've kind of came across our Instagram and it caught your attention. Um, but if you're an owner and like you don't really feel well versed in social media, you need to research who would be a good firm in your area, who would be a good social media team to run your social media. You need to have people in your club at least once or twice, I would say a month, uh, photographing your members, photographing your equipment, making quick little videos. Um, you need to get out on the floor yourself and get in front of the camera and just say, hey guys, I'm so-and-so, I'm the owner of this club. Let me take you for a quick little walk through the gym and um, spend time showing yourself off, showing your club. And again, if you're not, if that's not your strength, then you definitely need to hire somebody. Uh, it doesn't cost that much money to get somebody in your club for an hour to a month. And they can create, they can create a schedule where all you have to do is like post on a specific day, have a little bit of copy written and you're off to the races. But often like I'll click on a club that maybe starts following our club and it's another anytime fitness franchise and they haven't posted in like three months and they have no stories and they have no thumbnails. They have no shortcuts. They have, there's like no way of reasoning. Well, what do their members look like? What do they have for equipment? There's nothing. They're just reposting maybe franchise imagery that they've stolen off of Facebook or other people's Instagram accounts. Um, but everyone, nobody goes to Google to look for the pictures of your club. Nobody's going on a search engine and going, oh, what does the inside of this gym look like? They're going to social media and they want to know what do the other members look like? Who, do, who can I expect to see when I walk in? There's like young people, old people, are they going to be happy, angry, sad? And you can really give a good feeling for your club using social media. So people feel like they know your club before they even walk in. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Um, that That's a huge piece of advice. Um, I talk to people all too often who have no social media presence. And I always explain like, especially as like a millennial or Gen Z, like that's what they do. They, they search the place that they're going to on Instagram or Facebook before going there. Anywhere I go, restaurant, nail salon, gym, I'm searching them on social media. And if I can't get an accurate representation of like what it would feel like to be there, I'm not going, I'm gonna find someplace that does have a representation on social media. So um, I appreciate you sharing that, that, that feedback there. Now, lastly, what is the social media handle for your gym? Where can we go to check out this content? So our, our, our Instagram handle is at anytime Chilliwack, all one word. And then we have another one that is afchilliwack.training. And that's our training page where we try to put uh, quick little reels and workout videos. What we do is we get our, uh, our members to post them and then they'll invite us to collaborate so that that page, virtually that post goes right on our page as well. And um, if you want to follow me personally, my Instagram is at the.quad.father, the quad father. And uh, you can see some of the stuff I've been doing lately. That's cool. Thank you so much, Jordan, for sharing all of that. And thanks for being here today, for sharing your insight on the industry. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. We'll, we'll get in touch with you soon. As always, until next time. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining me, fellow Joe, Mr. Joey Powell of CrossFit Prescott. Joey, what's going on, man? How are you today? Great, my man. Monday's a great place to be. And and uh, while we're recording, I know this is ahead of time, but we're looking forward to Thanksgiving coming up. And Oof, you and everyone else, we're going to, this will be released to the public in a couple of weeks, but believe me. The whole industry looks forward to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So excited to dive in, excited to talk CrossFit Prescott with you, Joey, because this is one of the longest running CrossFit gyms that I've come across, at least. Why don't you, for people who aren't familiar with the brand or, or what you do, paint us a little bit of context here. CrossFit Prescott, what is it? When did all of this begin and, and what got us here today? Okay. Um, we started off initially October 2007. We were CrossFit Chaos um, out of a suburb of Louisville, Kentucky. That was where I was stationed in the military. That gym was just a little garage gym. I think it was maybe 900 square feet. Um, yeah. I had As many as get started. Yeah, I had, a, I had a keypad on my garage, right? And so yeah. others, you know. That's what CrossFit, CrossFit was back yeah. then. You know, and, and other special operators and stuff would come by and borrow the gym, use the gym. Everybody just paid 50 bucks. And that was enough really for me to pay the affiliate fee. I mean, that's really all I cared about was, you know, helping pay for some gear here or there and help pay the affiliate fee back in the day. And, sure. Um, More of a club than a Yeah, really it was. If I was home, I'd come out and train with people and help them. But if I wasn't, they had the key, the, the, the code nonetheless, you know. And, sure. And it was just a thing. It was more of a passion. Um Later in 2008, early 2008, I had had my shoulder torn out of socket um, doing some rescue work out in Utah. And um, that led me to getting out of the military. Uh, I didn't necessarily have to, but I did. And I was friends with uh, Greg Glassman back in the day. And um, he's the guy that found a CrossFit for guys who don't know. And I came out to Arizona to visit. And he was like, hey, what do you think about moving out here whenever you get out of the military? And I was getting out in about two months. And I said, I don't know. What are you thinking? And he was like, well, I got a guy here. And uh, it just so happened it was a guy that, that – uh, the guy that won the first CrossFit Games, um, it was out of his gym, right? And, and uh, this guy owned a local gym as well, even though he was from Mountain California. And – He's just wanted to put a CrossFit inside of it. It was like a normal global gym. And what we did, we moved out, we put a fence up, we took a hunk of real estate out of a whatever global gym, 
and we put a little CrossFit in it. And it worked for about eight months until it just really got too tight. Um, me and him saw things. Good problems to have. Yeah. And, you know, and we split off and, he, you know, it could have been more cordial on both ends, but it wasn't, you know, and we just moved on and then got a warehouse um, in an adjacent town here to Prescott, Prescott Valley. And then we ended up moving back into Prescott a, like a year after that. And, uh, you know, then we built one with uh, Greg's ex-wife, Lauren, down the road. It's called Captain CrossFit. Some stuff went down. It was ugly. Um, so we had to start over. Uh, so we reopened CrossFit Prescott after like a two-month hiatus and uh, had to start from scratch. It really sucked. But, uh, you know, building it twice taught me a lot of lessons. Um, and then about six years ago, we moved in where our current location is. It's an old roller rink, and it's absolutely amazing. It's, you know. I would imagine a pretty decent size. Dude, it's amazing. You know, it's, I, I wish I could pan the camera around so you could see it. Yeah. But it's 12,000-something feet. I have a hell of a deal on it because the thing was, it's still zoned recreation. So yeah. the old zone not too many things that can use a roller rink for a commercial. Right. And if they ever change it from recreation, they got to meet new standards, right? And that's going to be a half million or more dollars. So the owners are just like, hey, man, we just want you in there. And it's turned into this, like the biggest blessing I could ask for. Like if I really was, you know, if I could stop being pissed off about what happened years ago, I could accept the blessing that God was like, I never later. wanted you there anyway. <laughs> and I wanted you in this badass building with great rent. And, yeah. you know, and it's like, yeah. So Takeaway number one for everyone listening to this, when you're looking for commercial space, find an out-of-business roller rink. There you go. I'm telling you what, because they're going to be zoned from the 70s and the owners aren't going to want to spend all that money on a huge building just to get it no. up. It's absolutely priority, priority number one. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, Joey, many different evolutions of this along the way. You've been in the CrossFit space for what sounds like a decade and a half or more within the, the latest iteration of CrossFit Prescott, what's been your favorite part about running a business like this? And what's been the toughest part about running a business like this? Um, well, I am, I would never have considered myself really a business guy. I'm still struggling with that. I'm going to be honest with you. I really am just You're not uh, alone. That's why we're here. Yeah. I mean, it really is a family business. It's just, it's me and my wife and, some, and a few trainers along the way. Um, which is also the best part is, uh, you know, it's me and my wife on a daily basis. I, I, I wouldn't want it any other way. I'm sure she would, but I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> the, and for me, that's we'll get her on the podcast. At yeah. Later. I heard she should tell a different story. I'm sure. But um, but the hardest part has been understanding the rules of business, which there are none. So yeah. Yeah. when you suddenly get face to face with what you thought were norms, mores, um, things that should happen and they don't and underhanded bullshit and stuff like that, um, it really hit me hard. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for the enemy that I would face to be just people that I admired. Um, sure. And so I don't think you're the, alone in that. And, and probably you know, thousands of people that listen. Yeah, to I'm sure of it. Right? Exactly and, you know, and so that's been the hardest part. Um, but the best part I'd have to say is, is there's two pieces that, you know, Greg's initial concept, which was the best would rise to the top. I truly believe that. Um, and I'm not the best, uh, right? But 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 we're we're good. 
and and we and we and we've survived. We survived the recession. There's something to be said for longevity. That's for right. sure. We're we're the ones that everybody around looks to to set the tone, and that means that means we're the dominant one. And I'll, and I'll take it. Um, yeah. But that, and then you know, have the the ability to have a day in day out job that isn't a job. People ask me what my job is, and I tell them people pay me to tell them what to do. That is the, and then and, and could be laughs out of it at the same time, right? Like we're all laughing about this at the same time. So I, I couldn't picture a better job. Like, I just don't understand why. I mean, I know why everybody thinks they can do it. I just don't know why they don't go get it right. Yeah. I've <laughs> heard every right. variation of that in yeah. my time. I love what I do. I couldn't picture doing it any other way. And I think that that's important here. You mentioned one thing that I wanted to highlight. Don't consider myself a business guy. Still something that we struggle with on a day-to-day basis. I find that so many people in our industry, they open up businesses like this in a similar manner to you. They never really pictured it becoming a business. It was just something fun that we did. And then by happenstance, it grew and grew. And oh, shoot, I guess I'm a business owner. Yes, yeah. And so here we are. And I, and I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, Joey, nobody opens up a gym because they want to sit behind a laptop and, and run Facebook ads. They don't sit and th- dream of doing payroll. Nope. None of this is like reality. They dream of coaching groups of people through workouts. They They dream of competition. They dream of xyz insert whatever you want in the end of that sentence but i think your story is is far more common than the other side of people opening up gyms because they love running businesses i don't i it's rare it's rare that i hear that no for you you've been doing this for like we said quite a while there's the longevity component is here People are coming to you for some sort of reason, Joey. What is it from a marketing standpoint that we do just to get people aware that the business exists in the first place? Man, I I don't know what we should do. I'll tell you what what (laughs) worked. Um, You know, well, first I'll just tell you what doesn't work, or at least hasn't worked here. Sure, that is just as important and valuable. Form of advertising that they say will work does not. So. I haven't seen anything on social media that's that's mattered. I've I've had radio trades um, where you know radio commercials. I, I don't think a single person's ever come in because of that. You know, we've tried the mailers, the flyers, the this, the that. You know, um, and it just nothing really that mattered that that had legs. You know, I had somebody, you know, and, and I think she really tried and, and, you know, she was doing a social media thing and it was this constant like, hey, we need 10 people, blah, 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 blah. You know, and the people that would ask were, weren't really serious, man. It was just wasting my fucking time. I'm sorry for the language, but not a problem. wasting my time. And I just like, dude, I don't have time for this, man. I mean, just it, it, it just turned. So really, I mean, I guess the only thing that's worked for us in this concept is word of mouth. And then the reviews, the reviews on your ah, okay. Google or something like that, yeah. those work out amazingly well. And uh, I'm very protective of those. Like, because what happens is, is people that are trying to figure out which CrossFit or, or, or group training they're really interested in, if they can go to those reviews, they make my life so much easier because they're oh, yeah. the right fit or not. 
And because other people have already told them, this is how this, this, this couple is, this is how they operate. Um, and so, it, man, it's a great filter. That, that brings up something really, really important that I think gets missed in our industry a lot. And it's the buyer, whoever this, this prospective customer is, they probably know everything there is to know about your business before ever setting foot in there because of things like Google, because of things like Facebook, Instagram, whatever platform. They can read all of these reviews and they know before ever getting to you the general vibe. If we have bad reviews, they're going to know. Yeah. And so that's been a, a catalyst for you along the way. Again, I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think it's an uncommon situation, but I hear all the time of people spending money on XYZ advertising campaign and for better or for worse, either they don't get results at all or they get results and it's people that they never wanted in their gym in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, there's, uh, I am a big fan of pre-filtering because people that come on board that are a pain in the ass, man, they are, it's just, it's not a normal job. That's what people have to understand. You are doing life with people. And matter of fact, you are, you are, you are held responsible for about one fifth of a person's life. Yeah. I don't take that. I don't take that lightly. That's you a big deal. I mean? Like I, I, and so when people come in, I don't mind that people asking questions. Cause I do things a lot different than, than most CrossFit type places, mm. but what I don't do well with that I need to get better at is people questioning. Does that make yep. sense? They ask questions, but questioning. And it's like, bro, I don't yeah. have time for this right now. Like I, you know, it's just like, I got people that need me. And you're wanting me to justify everything. And I'm not, man, I'm not getting paid enough for this bullshit. I think that's what I've learned over time is this the ability is ability to say no. I'm a this is this is a loser and I'm out. Like yeah, I think at first it I wanted to try to help everybody. That's that's the and, component and of this painful. that I was gonna get to is that just as much we want to bring in people that are a good fit for us or we're a good fit for them. We want to make sure that they're a good fit for us. And it's okay to not sign someone up. I say that to them too. I say, you know, I, I normally work with people twice before I, I'm like, all right, then we need to make the decision. And, but I say those two times, those are for you to figure out if, if we're the right people, because I'm figuring out if you're the right person too. Yep. You know, I, I have, I have way more patience for them than they should have for me. I believe, I mean, they're the paying customer. But at the same time, I have absolutely dismissed some people before. I mean, it, it, and there's nothing wrong with the that. right answer. There's nothing wrong with that. So I think there's a lot of layers to this, Joey. From my perspective, at least, any kind of marketing idea, there's a quality component and there's a quantity component. No shortage of people ringing your phone, I'm sure, telling you they can get 500 leads, 1,000 leads, Every fucking however day. many, insert a number. Nobody talks about the quality component. Nope. Nobody talks about that. That's what it sounds like you guys are focused on with CrossFit Prescott is I am not in we the don't need business. 500 members. Oh, we need I'm not in the recruiting the business. I'm in the retention business. Sure. I am trying to hold on to people for 20 or 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that because I think that's important here. When people say we have great culture or a great community and, and we focus on retention. 
what does that mean to you? What are you focused on? What are we actually doing to make sure people stick around for the long haul? Well, I can tell you what I thought was going to happen, and then I'll tell you what did happen. What I thought was going to happen is that I was going to train people. They were going to get smart, and then they were going to leave because at some point they should know what they need to know to carry on and why bother staying here. So I, I, I undervalued my services for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's probably the biggest mistake I've ever made. Um, yeah. But, and retention was an afterthought. It and retention like was an afterthought. The expectation was not to retain. It wasn't. I, I'll be honest. And I don't, I, I'm sure there's plenty of geniuses listening to this that are like, dude, you're an idiot. I'll, I'm going to be like, yes, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Spot on. And, but I'm just, but it, but it was what it was. And, sure. and what happened was, was, was what we found was, was that we became tour guides to people's lives. And when I say that, I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. I mean, literally, people come to us for everything, advice on this, advice on that. And it's like, and there are times I'm not so sure I'm actually a strength conditioning coach. A little I, more psychiatrist I, I honestly think coach. I'm more of a psychiatrist. Um, or a shaman more than anything else at times. Oh, yeah. And and I'm like, wow, okay. And then, you know, how do we deal with this? You know, people having just, you know, their their issues they might be having at home or whatever that's affecting them in here. That's what leads the conversation. It's not that we're, you know, they're giving us their whole private life, perhaps, but it's how why it's because you'll see it, you know, they'll walk in and there's something's wrong. You'd be like, Hey Mary, what's wrong? You know, it's something wrong, you know, and then all of a sudden they start crying and you're like, Oh, I didn't know that something like I didn't know that was a thing, right? And all of a sudden you're like, oh, hey, you know, and you're hugging them or whatever. And it's like I, I I'm foreign to that. Like that wasn't something I grew up with. And like, and so I had to learn that there's way bigger here than just working out or training. This is a whole person concept. And uh that's been the most rewarding, but it's also been the most dumbfounding part of this yeah um, but i, I wouldn't, think you know, I, wouldn't people... it. I just don't know how to bill for it and i'm yeah. not and and that, that sounds so crass fitness right? people and general population people are totally different species fitness people take their training just as a regular everyday activity and, it, and everybody else doesn't and yeah. sometimes we don't know how to deal with that <laughs> No, I mean, and, and but I'm glad that, you know, I had good communication skills and over time I learned to develop this thing called empathy that I did not have when I started this at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, we just, just, you know, my thoughts back then were like, Hey, is that what you can give me? All right. Then that's good. If not, no. Okay. Let's, let's see if we can get more out of you, you know, as far as their effort is concerned. And then what I realized was, was like, mm, that's a thing. It's just not the thing I, I truly care about now that I think about it. And as I looked at it, what I saw was, was like, no, there's a need for better understanding what longevity is and then figuring out how to deliver that under the guise of, um, you know, uh, high intensity functional movements, you know, the, the whole, whatever the title you put on it is. And, And it's like, well, how do I do that? And then once we got good at it, I just started removing from the public space, anything else but that, 
like what we actually do. So now actually people come to us expecting that we're going to help walk them through life. And yeah. it's, not, it's so much easier of a, it's not even a sell. It's, it's really, yeah, we can, hey, we can show differentiate you a little bit between that yeah. and the guy down the street who's going to put you through a workout for an hour. Yeah. Joey, as you explore our conversation so far has been kind of where did we go or where did we come from? How did we get here? As you explore where this whole thing is going, what's your goal for this as you move forward? What's kind of the, the big picture in your eyes? Um, the thing that's probably struck me in the last year is, is I am on a mission to grow old with my clients. There's a reality there. Um, as more and more of them have become 50s into their 60s and 60s into their 70s and even a few into their 80s, it's become clear that I'm going to be going to a lot of funerals and I'm going to be pallbearers and I'm going to even give eulogies. And I know that sounds macabre, right? Like I'm not trying to be that way, but I need, but, but I needed that said so then we can backtrack. Yeah. So then what's the real goal? To postpone every single one of those as far as we can. And so to me, there was some obvious things. A, you know, nutrition, but we got to work on the inflammation, period. Like that, whatever way that is, we can argue, whatever. Inflammation. The other is posture. And then the other is bounce. If the person is hunching, they're mashing on their organs. Their organs have to work harder. If their organs have to work harder, they're not at rest. And if they're not at rest, they're not recovering. So then all that work we're doing is just overstressing everything or could be. And we're setting it up so their body actually becomes less capable. So like we incorporated uh, every six training days. So we, 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 we think in six days across five. So one, two, three, four, five, six, then one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm not going to go into whatever and bore you, but our sixth day is yoga. Okay. Right. Like I would like 10 years ago, you couldn't have got me to do that, but it became apparent and we tried it during COVID and it succeeded. And so when we started doing that, what I was like, okay, that's great. And I was like, what is this really doing? Well, what it's really doing is, 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 is lengthening a career of training, a career of bad training, right? Let alone good training, right? Yeah. So, and so I think that okay. fits tremendously with the ideology of CrossFit. I think so. I, I, I don't know why, modalities. why, why, why the hell I've never that. seen on the deal you know hey 30 minute stretch like i don't know why i've never seen that but like to me that's a thing and and then postural work but then it comes with that because the problem was is you know you get these older particularly guys at around 40 we start rolling forward and then the women at about 50 so their arms can't get up as high and all that. it was like can we prolong this and then the other thing was bounce is that people can you know you can get them and i hate to say this, this is when i knew we were screwed was we fielded a softball team, this is early on, and they got their asses kicked, and we were way fitter, right? And I was like, what the fuck just happened? And I was like, I was like, these fuckers aren't good athletes. And I was like, it's one thing to be good in the gym. So I was like, well, what's the key to youth? The key to youth would be athleticism, bouncing. Like, so we, so we use a lot of like French contrasts and 
And we talked uh, 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 prior, we had talked about Cal Dietz and his work and the yep. concept of triphasic training and using the eccentrics and the isometrics to help us not only get the training effects, but then to teach that the ability to use the ground efficiently through all the rest of the movement. So we do a ton of work like that. French contrast, speed ladders, agility drills, um, uh, corner drill, I'm not corner drill, yeah. cone drills and all that stuff uh, on, on a certain day of the week. Like we just on looks six, like well, day three is our play day, right? So yeah. on day three is play day. So we do all, I mean, I set up obstacle courses in here. I mean, all kinds of stuff, people climbing over everything. I mean, you know, not quite parkour, but I mean, it is for them. It well, it's is. normal when you're a kid and then somewhere along the line, we lose it. Yeah. And we'll teach falling. We'll teach crawling and rolling and stuff like that, you know, and getting up, how to get up whenever you've, you know, you got the wind knocked out of you when you're older, like teaching people in their sixties and seventies, how to get up again from the ground is a thing. So, that's, so our, this that's, is, our, that's our work. That's, yeah, that's in, a, what, in a that's nutshell, we're looking, and, and I, don't, I hate to put words in your mouth, but we're looking to do more of what we're already doing better. That's it, man. Yeah. I'm not trying to put anybody in the CrossFit games. I could give two shits. Uh, it's not yeah. even on my radar. Matter of fact, when somebody calls me and wants something like that, I'm like, let me send you down the road, man. There's I'm a not- better spot for you. Yeah. Or, hey, there's no money in it. There's fucking never money in it. And and no. and we're wrong. I'm not in it for the money, but I sure would like to be paid for my time. That would be helpful. Um, but the 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 problem with it is just unrealistic. Most yeah. people you don't have a decade of training under you. I, we really shouldn't even be talking about this shit. Yep. And that's that's it's, uh, it's an interesting conversation. And I'm sure if I had this conversation with a a Joey Powell 15 years ago, just opening his CrossFit box. Yeah. I'm sure it would have been a vastly different, totally different. conversation. <laughs> totally different, yeah. I'm sure it would have been a completely different conversation, but who knows what that conversation will be in five yeah, years. You're now, right. You know, you're right. 10 years from now. It's, right. it's an ever evolving thing. We're running a bit shy on time here, but I wanted to save a few minutes because I, I just appreciate anybody willing to give kind of a look behind the curtain into their business and, and what's working what we're still trying to improve all of these years later. It's a fun, fun exchange. And I think that there's a lot to be learned for other gym owners and their experience and hearing that we're not alone. Everybody struggles in this and that there's ways to do it better. So I can't thank you enough for your time, man. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. And I wish you nothing but the best. I appreciate it, man. Check in anytime. Thank you. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.